you want to give love to the city, that's a fact. But you're going to need help if you want to make an impact. Well endowed, you want to be well endowed with the Edmonton community. Things really happen when you find that you're well endowed. Hi, everyone. Welcome to ECF's Well Endowed podcast. I'm Anna Alfonso. And I'm Graham Loomer. Edmonton is full of generous donors who have created endowment funds at Edmonton Community Foundation. These funds are carefully stewarded to generate money that supports charities in Edmonton and beyond. On this podcast, we share stories about how these funds help strengthen our community, because it's good to be well endowed. On this episode, we meet A.V., also known as Anne Vreend. She's a musician here in Edmonton and was a recipient of a 2022 Edmonton Artists Trust Fund Award. The Edmonton Artists Trust Fund, or EATF for short, is a joint initiative of Edmonton Arts Council and Edmonton Community Foundation. It invests in the creative community by supporting living and working expenses, allowing local artists to devote time to their artistic career. It also encourages them to stay in the Edmonton community. The EATF just celebrated their 25th anniversary on November 20th, where it awarded 25 new recipients for the award. This award can make a huge difference. And for EV, the award she received will help keep her house standing, which is so important since she created an amazing concert series from her very own porch in the Macaulay neighborhood. This concert series started during the pandemic and brought people from all walks of life together. People came to her porch from all over the city to listen and perform. Our correspondent, Theodora McLeod, sat down with A.V. to learn about her career and how the inner city has shaped her music. Let's open this chat with a clip from the 2023 Porch Concert. Time to get your groove on, Graham. I'm in. This song is called It's Happening. It's always how we start our porch concerts. And uh, I think a lot of people know this song, so if you're going to sing along, you're very, very welcome. I'm Theodora McLeod, and today I am sitting here with A.V., also known as Anne Vreend. Thank you so much for joining me today. You are welcome. A.V. is a recipient of the Edmonton Artists Trust Fund Awards for 2022. Congratulations. Thank you very much. That is so exciting. It's been 20 years since your first album release, right? Woo! Uh, yes. Yes, it is. As of this year, wow, that... Mm. Yes. And that was soul unraveling, correct? Wonderful. It's still unraveling. <laughs> <laughs> so how has your approach to making music evolved over this time? I have learned a lot. Like when I think about when that first album came out, I had been thinking about making an album already when I was still at music school at GMAC at Grand McEwen. And the recording engineer at the time told me that I should get a producer for it. And I remember being like, oh, what's a producer? And now the last album I've just produced myself and I produce a different album myself. And I went from not knowing what a producer is to becoming one. So that's a journey, obviously. And of course, that's just in, on the studio side of things. And then as a live performer, definitely learned a lot about live performing, but also just about myself because 
uh, it's a very revealing thing to try to learn to be a performer, I think. So, uh, and just traveling, I've learned, you know, different countries that I've been in and different cultures and languages and adventures and misadventures. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've, it's been quite the trip. Yeah, that is remarkable. Where's kind of the coolest place that you have performed or even farthest away? Okay, well, farthest away is probably Tasmania. Well, I played a few places in Tasmania, but the craziest place on that island was really hard to get to. You had to drive basically over a mountain range, and then there's no cell phone reception, and then there's a road that's quote-unquote two ways. Oh, wow. On the one side is, like, the mountain, and the other side is a cliff into a valley. (laughs) And so you just – and it's curvy, and you just kind of hope no one else comes the other way. And if they do – you hope that they see you and you can take turns and everything works out. And I was told by the host of the concert, it was a concert at a place that was off the grid. There was a whole community of people who decided to be completely off the grid. The electricity was generated by this solar-powered thing for the show. And people could either trade something from their garden or pay cash for their tickets. And the woman who booked me was like, okay... Just don't come at dawn or dusk because there's way too many kangaroos and you will for sure hit one. So I was, oh, wow. I believed her because <laughs> I had already been in other parts of Australia driving and you just don't drive at dawn or dusk in, in, the, in the countryside because they're just like popcorn everywhere. I'm going to have to keep that in mind. Wow. I yeah. did not know so, uh, there was a kangaroo risk. Probably not something Edmontonians worry about much, but... No, we're more magpies... Deer. Deer. Yeah. (laughs) The odd porcupine. Yeah. Yeah. So that was crazy. So that was like one. And then while I was giving the concert, it was in this tiny little hall. The entire town came minus one person who was sick. And including a woman who's like, if I run out, it's I'm not being rude. It's just that my cow is about to calf. (laughs) So in the middle of a song, like, and of course it was like the most the ballad that I sing, and there's a big pause in it, and then right there, then from the window, we heard this big boo, and we, everyone tried so hard to, like, not laugh, but it was impossible. It was just, the timing was amazing. And the lady ran out, but it was a false alarm. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that sounds remarkable. Yeah, so. That's one that's, of the books. I, it's not a forgettable gig for me. No kidding. <laughs> I mean, that could also happen in Alberta. We might not have kangaroos, but I'm sure cows. we would have yeah, yeah. calves happen around here too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what would you say has been your biggest takeaway being in the music world for so long? I think, honestly, it, it's a really stressful job because it's really competitive and um, very difficult to make money. And there's more people that want to do it than there are listeners you know what I mean like there's more supply than there is demand and here we are in a capitalist place so there's that so I think the best way to stay relatively sane is to have your own internal validation rather than your self-worth or your worth of your artistic output be determined by external validation. I mean, I say that as I've just been an award recipient, so that (laughs) seems like a little, I don't know, a weird time to bring that up. But, you know, like I've also not gotten awards to 
like a longer list of ones I've not gotten and gotten, <laughs> you know, and so I like, and sometimes you're really thinking you deserve a thing and you don't even get nominated and other times you're like, oh, I thought that was a long shot and I got a thing. And, and same with songs that have done well versus songs that haven't done well or, or you don't think they've done well and then later you find out that there's all these fans of it and, you know, it's just so almost random. And so I think if you base your whole well-being on that, that's really dangerous because you have no control over it. So it's super anxiety-inducing. Whereas if you just have your own um, measuring stick of, of your quality and, and what excellence is, and if you reach it, that's then and, and you always keep putting the bar higher and <clears throat> pushing yourself, then I think then you, you that's something you're proud of, and it's just measured by yourself. And it's also subjective in the arts, obviously. It's a little bit different than, like, the 100-meter dash, where the first <laughs> person that gets there wins, and it's really clear-cut. You know, it's a little bit different in arts, but I, I think you got to make art that you believe in and then see where the chips fall. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's, I think, valuable to 90% of industries, except for runners. Sorry, runners. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty cut and dry. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's it's less linear in the arts, right? But yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, really who you answer to isn't, is just people. Like if, if, if people r resonate with what you're saying, then you have a job, you know, whether you make a lot of money at that job or get all, a lot of awards or is sometimes indicative of it resonating with people and other times less so because the playing field is not always very level but everybody has feelings but artists put their feelings into something that resonates with other people and speaks for more than just that I think for me that's another thing is, is when you receive messages from people around the world that a song means a lot to the you know it's played at someone's funeral or like a little girl in South Africa learned one of my songs for a talent show one time and mm -hmm. just things like that I'm like oh whoa it has its own, it takes on its own life of, independently of me. Having said that, though, I am very grateful for this award, or any award, really. But, you know, this one came at a particular time where my house literally is falling down. It's a very old house in the inner city. And just before I went on tour, I discovered that a corner of it was collapsing. So that's not good. So, um... In case you're wondering what the funds are going for, <laughs> not going on a big vacation, just making sure that the house doesn't literally fall down. That's a responsible choice. Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank it's... you. <laughs> Thank you for that external validation. <laughs> so that brings us kind of back to Edmonton. Uh, your ties to the Edmonton community and the Edmonton arts community have remained strong throughout your career and, you know, international yeah. success. What influence has Edmonton had on your artistry and songwriting? Edmonton, in my opinion, it sort of gets overlooked nationally a lot about this music, especially in the, on the art side. We do have a really strong theater scene and music scene based on Grant McCune College and lots, you know, other stuff and dance. And um, it's kind of, you have to look for it. It's not in your face the way it might be in some of the bigger cities you know, the on the outside, Edmonton just looks like an oil and gas town that's not about aesthetics and just about utilitarianism and kind of lack of imagination. Uh, but I think underneath it, 
it's you know CKUE radio is is like pretty unique and known around the world like there's been people in in Europe and Australia that are like do you know about CKUA radio you should really check them out maybe they'll play your music I'm like they do play my music you know and they have my entire career Canada nationally is kind of an underdog um sort of identity in a way next to the U.S. and then in Canada Edmonton's an underdog of underdogs you know that can affect how you're, you perceive yourself as an artist um whether that's good or bad I don't know but I think that's one one thing um and also you know because I think too I'm always sort of sticking up for the identity of Edmonton like like I did a video a few years ago with some kids from the the north end um an elementary school Sifton Elementary and we recorded a, a music video of it and recorded the song in the studio and then I was in Toronto at the Maple Blues Awards and we won an award for the, the song and they played the part of the video and then I had someone message me and, and come up to me and say like I just didn't know there was so much diversity in Edmonton and there's kids from all over the world and because in the video it mentioned like how many language groups are represented at this one school it's like I forget the number but like 80 or 100 or something a lot and I know in my neighborhood that's the, also the case that's why I have to do this is to show other Canadians and the world not just Edmonton Oiler Edmonton or not just oil and gas Edmonton and corporate things, but the other parts of Edmonton that are also just as much part of Edmonton and like being from the inner city and my whole project with the inner city now and, and the porch concerts and all of that. I was like, yeah, a lot of people didn't just didn't know. And even within Edmonton, when I was doing the porch concerts, there were so many people coming to Macaulay who were like, I've never been to, to the inner city before. And they were, it was like they were on this major trip, like a, like an exotic place, you know, <laughs> and it, and cause they're from the suburbs and they, they just had no reason to come except now that these concerts and there was nothing else to do in the pandemic anyway. So there was like no competition. And so they were coming to sit in the boulevard of this like ghetto neighborhood. So they were coming to sit in the boulevard of this like ghetto neighborhood with a bunch of homeless people walking by and they just were blown away. And I was blown away that they were blown away because I lived there and I've lived there for 15 years now. But it was like, yeah, th- that's that's a reality. I'm not making this up. Like This is the reality of here as much as the box store suburbs or the oil and gas industry or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, our inner city has quite the 
artistic landscape that mm-hmm. I think is really underestimated. You know, there's a there's a level of resilience I think that comes from Edmonton. Yeah, that that's a good way of saying it too, because we get underestimated and we always have to kind of keep showing ourselves and our country and you know that we're 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 still here. We're still doing <laughs> like consistently putting out like good music and good theater and um like festivals and um all that kind of stuff can you tell me a little bit more about the projects in macaulay it just really started organically during the pandemic when i couldn't tour anymore and though i've been living in the neighborhood at that point for like 12 13 years i was away a lot i didn't know that many of my neighbor neighbors super well and had a kind of a different perspective on on things. But the, the opioid crisis was really bothering me because you can't not be bothered by it there. Like, it's so in your face. And there's the sadness and the, and, and the lack of dignity that people are afforded with that illness. So I was writing about it, but I didn't really know that many people that well. And then when we started, like, putting on concerts every Sunday on the front porch for just something to do because I missed performing and I um, people really responded really well to it and uh, singers that I knew or actually just that I didn't know that I got to know over the every Sundays you know we could figure out that people could be physically distanced on my porch and still fit because it's <laughs> kind of it's as wide as my house so you know we started doing that and um That's really when I started meeting more and more neighbors because finally we had something on our street that wasn't, it was very organic. So it wasn't organized by some institution or organization. It wasn't a handout. It wasn't grant. Nobody was getting paid. It wasn't full of paperwork or bureaucracy. It was just, we're doing a thing. neighborhood there probably would have been noise complaints or something but our neighborhood is so tolerant because there's so many things that are so much so much more worrying and really actually frankly unacceptable that some live music is like so far down the totem pole of that people just responded positively instead and um so yeah I just got to know many more people now I, I think I know everybody on my street now and almost everybody around the block and it's a totally different feeling than for I have in the neighborhood now because of that. And and people really finally were like, okay, people are coming here for this thing. And so they wanted to kind of like show them that it's safe here. Or like we can be hospitable. People brought out chairs for people and everybody did something to kind of make it better and good. Without being asked. Like, I didn't ask anyone that. It just happened, and it just kind of floored me, too. 
but there was not one disturbance that was threatening or uncomfortable. We, there was, you know, there's an overdose that happened at one point, like it not the person was recovered. So there's disturbing in that way where people saw people who are very sick and very uh, uncared for. So that I think was disturbing to a lot of people, but nobody was um, intimidated or threatened or anything like that. And that we had no security, nobody was hired, you know, there weren't rules. We had no rules written anywhere on purpose to just like get away from that whole institutionalized thing that so many people, especially on the street, are sort of always shuffled through and, you know, and just it was fine. It was more than fine. And I think that's why, actually. Yeah, it sounds like a really good way to build your community. Yeah, but like I said, it wasn't intentional. Like, I didn't yeah. lie in bed one April and be like, this is what I'm going to do for two years. <laughs> like, it was just an organic thing where I was like, I wonder what happens. Like, I'm just, I miss performing. I'm going to put, I message a few people, put my keyboard out on the front step and play a few songs. That's how it started. Like, I had no long game. <laughs> but that's what it ended up being. I find there's a really remarkable kind of bonding of community in the inner city in all of the neighborhoods. Yeah, I think so. Like, like I always, I realize our neighborhood is so tolerant. No, it makes sense. I mean, there's something really beautiful about looking out for your neighbors. It's very grassroots. And I know a lot of the inner city areas of Edmonton have really benefited from that kind of grassroots as opposed to the more structural kind of revitalization. Yeah, I mean, you can't really force these things from the top down. Like, it's a great idea, but it just stays an abstract idea, I think. It's not that it's not, that it's not a good idea. I just don't think it's like, it's like making people date each other. Like, <laughs> it just, they have to, it has to come organically from the individuals that, you know? Yeah. And, like, it's sort of you can't just like once in a while have a budget to have a barbecue and be like, how come nobody's all friends now? Because it doesn't work like that, you know, like, so it happens, you know, relationships like anything are have to be more consistent than that and have to be real and people find their people organically. Yeah. It can't be institutionalized. That's why at the porch concerts, we didn't be like, there's these rules and everybody has to follow them <laughs> and they have to fit in this cookie cutter thing that we decided like we did like because I just think that's how people have been treated their whole lives and it's clearly not working <laughs> yeah yeah especially in the era of COVID there were a lot of rules mm -hmm. and it was hard to keep track of sometimes a lot so. too but even aside like I think the more the more the poorer people are the more rules there seem to be mm-hmm if you ask me how how's Edmonton shaped me, well, there's the Edmonton answer, but then the inner city has really, like, way more profoundly shaped me than the city at large. That's refreshing to hear. It's it's nice to hear more of the long-lasting positives of inner city. Edmonton. Yeah, there's lots to be discovered. Like, if you give people a voice and you give people a platform and that's what the porch concerts end up being like you know it wasn't just a one-way like it was nobody knew except me who on the porch was and wasn't housed or wasn't wasn't 
struggling with addiction or, you know, because that wasn't the point. They were just performing and sharing music and whatever. And it was one of the few times that those people get to have a voice. Yeah. That other people hear and without knowing what their biggest struggle might be. Like, I wouldn't want to be introduced to on stage by my biggest struggle. <laughs> no kidding. Like, so I would just imagine nobody would. Everyone has a story. If you talk long enough, like, and some of them are fascinating, like, like jaw on the ground, like, holy crap stories, like, that just are ripe for the picking. Like, if I was a journalist or a storyteller, I would just go to the inner city and I'd only need to, like, I would, like, start and run a microphone and you would have, believe me, could write several books and make thousands of movies. Did you uh, just plan my career for me? Oh. <laughs> can I steal that? <laughs> yeah, you can. And actually, it gets really interesting because I, I realize more and more bad people do good things and good people do bad things. And it's really not black and white like that. And So there's like, it makes you kind of, yeah, again, rethink. Like I've, like I said, I've been very, had to rethink a lot of my assumptions and about things like it's really changed me yeah that's remarkable I mean so much of your career has been based on community already I mean the backyard concerts you did and then now your porch <laughs> concerts so it's a really remarkable theme to carry throughout your entire career when you're yeah not on purpose but I mean <laughs> I think it's even better that yeah, it's not on purpose like I don't it's just you can't do art in, by yourself mm -hmm. you need a team and 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 even when you're a solo art I've t played solo a lot but you need an audience like and the audience needs you so it's already a reciprocal thing in a circle that you, you can't really decide where it begins and ends so I think if you foolishly don't think of it that way you're, you're gonna sabotage yourself <laughs> like you know like anything with any job like it's a team yeah so like Everyone has a job and everyone has a role and work together and make something good. You know, speaking of hope and new things cropping up, uh, do you have anything coming up in the future you'd like to promote? Or um, So the group that formed on the porch, is it's called AV and the Inner City. And the official members is me plus five women that started singing with me every week. Um, not all five all every week, but a pretty consistent bunch. And when in 2021 in the summer where we were finally allowed to have some outdoor concerts again. But when we could, we were invited to play a bunch of outdoor concerts in the city. So I asked them if they actually wanted to form official group instead of me just take the gig solo. So we started actually having rehearsals and I officially made arrangements for my songs, and we took it up a step. I'm Evie with the Inner City. Um, the Inner City group, obviously the Inner City as a, an area of the city is something else. But we are in, in the Inner City as the Inner City currently. And um, our group formed by doing these exact things, doing porch concerts every Sunday during the pandemic from 2020 to 2021, we put on 60 porch concerts. And over time, we decided to officially form a group. And now we've just completed this summer our first inter-province tour. 
Yeah, so we have a lot coming up, and we're trying to get some recordings done. So have my work cut out for me for all that. But it's all super exciting. Yeah. That sounds exciting. And uh, you've got the trust to help you along the way. So yeah, well, that's going go to make my house not fall down. Yes. <laughs> that, that is important. You know, yes. It's, not that, place to it's live. not that glamorous because you won't be like, wow, look at her house. It looks so different. But the, the difference is it's going to stay up. That's an important difference. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. And You're welcome. Awesome. Thanks for the money. <laughs> Thanks to Theodora McLeod for bringing us this story. And to A.V. for sharing her story and her music. Listeners, if you'd like to keep up with A.V. and the Inner City, we'll have a link to their website and to their YouTube channel so you can check out their music. And we'll have links to more information about the Edmonton Artists Trust Fund. If you're a local artist, be sure to check out the application process. We'll also have links to ECF's grants and student awards. And you can read our blog for even more stories about Edmonton's community. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks for sharing your time with us. We really appreciate it. If you like what you heard, please share it with all the underdogs and music lovers you know. If you have time, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and visit us on Facebook where you can share your thoughts and see some photos. Thanks again for tuning in. We've been your hosts, Graham Loomer and Anna Alfonso. Until Until next time. The Well Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation. And is an affiliate member of the Alberta Podcast Network. This episode was edited by Lisa Pruden. You can visit our website at thewellendowedpodcast.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And follow us on Twitter at BECF. Our theme music is by Octavo Productions. And as always, don't forget to visit Edmonton Community Foundation at ecfoundation.org. Well Endowed.